podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear would inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. So I want to get right into today's chat. You know that this is going to be different because I had someone say this week to me that our children for the last, uh, let me say April, May, June, wow, four months, they have been in service, in service every Sunday. And these children have behaved just, and I had someone say, that is something during a service just to see these children so well behaved. Um, and, and now I'm just stuck with the old people, you know? So, um, and I love that the kids were participating. The kids were, they were shouting back at me. And I really, really appreciated that. So, hey, I'm trying to say, I need your help today, all right? So, yes, uh, last week, I was going to say yesterday. Last week, we started a, con- we, we ended the, the month that we had our um, road trip series was our wrap-up. That happened last week. However, when we got into the content, the content, the content was so rich that many folks said, I think we need to extend it. Let's extend it. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to kind of piggyback on what we spoke about last week on the, the as we wrapped up in our conversation with Rebecca and Jose and, and myself. And then uh, we opened up the lines uh, for you to ask questions. So if you have the Scarlet Note app, the free Scarlet Note app, there is literally a tab on there. If you scroll through to it, that says, ask the pastor. And you can put your questions there. All right. And we were talking about the topic of giving, generosity. We were talking about finances, not necessarily giving in a church, and it was not about the doctrine of giving, but it was about um, how generosity flows from your home, from your home, and it is generational, generational. So that's one of the things that we were talking about today. David, um, just really, who, who, who is that? Who is, is that Eden? Eden, Miss Eden, thank you. (laughs) And that's what I miss. I miss that. So thank you. I miss that. That's what I'm talking about. Talk back to me. David said, David said that he, he, he remembers years ago being led in worship, just like the kids here. And little did he know that the person that was leading him in worship would turn around and be his mother-in-law. And, and, and listen, I want to tell you parents, your son-in-law is here. Your, your, your future son-in-law is here. You, the future, the future uh, daughter-in-law, she's here, you know, and um, and I think that's encouraging. That's encouraging that you bring up your children in a community of like-minded people with the very same values, all right, with the with the same with the same kingdom kingdom foundations um, as you grow up. And I think it's just such a blessing when I heard David said that it really resonated because I remember that little little chubby kid in the church and he'd stand up and he'd never comb his hair when he had hair and uh and uh and I remember him being on stage singing hands in his pocket yawning you know and uh and now he's my son-in-law and that's an amazing thing and what a blessing he's been to me but I just want you to be encouraged that the things that we're sharing here today are generational somebody say generational so I want to share these things with you as uh before we get into our topic here there are some biblical principles and pay attention to this line. I want you to pay attention to this line. And, and if you can write it down somewhere, make a note of it, you know, just so that you have it for reference. But there are biblical principles that affect the quality of life, the quality of life. And then there are irrefutable foundations that affect your eternal outcome. I'm going to say that one more time. There are biblical principles that affect the quality of life. And then there are irrefutable foundations that affect your eternal outcome. So tithing, and we talked about tithing. Um, and again, so feel free to use the app to post your questions. We'll receive them in, in real time and we can kind of answer some of those questions. But, but tithing and giving of an offering 
and your generosity doesn't affect your eternal outcome. Are you listening? And I want you to pay attention to this closely because I want to be as transparent as possible in everything that I say. So tithing and your generosity, giving of an offering doesn't affect your eternal outcome. However, somebody say however. However, your tithing and your generosity or your lack thereof is rewarded here on earth and even well into your eternity. Did you get that one? Are you sure you got that one? Your tithing, your generosity, your giving of your offering is rewarded here on earth and it transcends even into your eternity. For example, let me give you some examples. Um, whether you speak in tongues or you believe in speaking in tongues, I'm talking about doctrinal things, those things won't affect your eternal outcome. Whether you are a prophet or you prophesy or don't believe in, in prophecies, those things don't have a, a, an eternal impact on your outcome. Whether you believe in miracles or not won't affect your eternal outcome. Now say, however. Say, however. Not believing that Jesus is the Son of God. Not believing that Jesus died and was raised. Not believing that Jesus is the lamb that takes away your sin. Not believing that Jesus was God with us on earth. Or a deliberate rejection of the work and the personhood of the Holy Spirit. All of those things that I've just mentioned will affect your eternal outcome and have detrimental consequences. All right? I want to make that clear as I give you the things that I'm giving you. Okay? Did you all follow me? All right. Don't stare back at me like, like you know, so, so, so I just want to know that you are following me. I wanted to start with this comment this morning because in many churches, the topic and the subject of tithing and offering and, and giving of finances, there's first fruits and last fruits and this month's fruits and all kind of fruits and all kind of seeds and, um, you know, and, and generosity. It's always made to be in many places as a forceful rudiment that, you know, are essential for your eternal security. And I don't want to be that church. And I refuse to be that church. I, I refuse to be the church that uses scare tactics or intimidation and manipulation to grow our earthly interests. I don't want to be that church. Are you listening? This church community, its weekly assembly, whether in person or online, you know, the, we do so so that we can be a beacon of hope in a world that's filled with darkness. I'm going to tell you for a moment as I'm listening to the children praise, you forget about the reality of what's happening around the world. You get sucked into a different realm when you experience what you experience here with the children. That happens in the assembly, in the community of the local church. And we will not be that church, and I refuse, I refuse to be that kind of a pastor. As your pastor, my aim is to inform you of the truths that lead you to become more and more like the one who paid the ultimate price of our lives, and that is Jesus. You should clap for that. Yeah, you should clap for that one. So when, when, we, say that, when we say that more has to be done, when we say that more has to be done for salvation, for salvation to occur in someone's life, for someone to inherit salvation, other than believing in Jesus and receiving the gift, the gift of his sacrifice, then we trample his blood and we cheapen his sacrifice. All right? Are you, are you following that? So what Jesus did on the cross is it. Somebody say, is it? That's it. That's it. That's it. So I will not be the church. 
I refuse to be that pastor that's going to put a list of things that you need to do so that you can receive what Jesus already paid for. So then when I talk to you about this topic, I, I want to make this clarification because I'm aware, I'm cognizant that many churches and their leadership will sometimes impose financial burdens and demands using twisted and half-truths. We're not one of those churches, and I'm not one of those pastors. I refuse. I will never be hijacked or be a hijacked pastor because of someone's exuberant gifts. I've been on the other side of many, many exuberant offers and gifts uh, from people. I remember a few years ago, I was sitting at a, at a Denny's having breakfast with someone who wanted, if you want to take me to lunch every day, take me, I will be there. Sure, I will. I, there's the proof. There's the evidence. I'm not going to argue that one. Take me. Uh, but this gentleman took me out to, to breakfast and we were spending some time together. And I remember he opened his wallet, reached out, gave me a credit card and said, Pastor, this credit card has no limit. It's yours to use for anything that you need. Yeah, that's what my flesh said. Oh, wow. But the Holy Spirit in discernment said to me, don't do it. Don't do it. And I said, thank you very much for your generosity. Flipped the card back over, gave it right back to the gentleman. I remember a few few weeks later, that same gentleman had donated a keyboard to the church, got upset at the church or got upset at me for something that I had said. A week later, he came and repossessed the keyboard and took it and left us without a keyboard. That was about 15, 15 or 17 years ago at the other church where I was uh, lead pastoring. I remember another time I was with Becky and I had a couple who, uh, Becky's in the back. You could ask her about this. And another couple took us out to dinner and, um, and over dinner they had this beautiful folder. It was beautiful. When they opened the folder, they gave us this whole presentation of an all-inclusive vacation that they wanted to donate to us every year. Every year, they told us anywhere in the world you could go and we want to donate this to you and your wife and this is our gift to you. And Becky is kicking me under the table and I'm kicking her back, right? And I'm thinking, Maui, baby, here we come. You know, and, and again, the Holy Spirit said, don't you dare. Don't you dare. Close up the folder, have to give it back and say, hey, thank you for your generosity. I really appreciate that, but, but, but thank you. I, 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 that's, this, is, this is wonderful, but I'm not worthy of that. You might want to sow that to someone else's life. Um, and um, can I tell you, I don't regret that, specifically that one. And then there was another gentleman. We started this ministry five years ago when he heard us doing worship, and Adrian, uh, um, Adrian was playing the keyboard, and we had somebody, uh, we had a group of kids, uh, guys that were uh, starting in worship, Tiana, was actually one of the kids that was singing that day. And um, he said, Pastor, he came up to me after the service. He said, Pastor, you know what this church needs? You guys need a good bass player. Not just a good bass player, but you need a bass player that's, that's a good giver, big giver. Again, the Holy Spirit said, run, run, run. And run, and run did I do, I ran. Um, and I, 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 I said, thank you very much, that's very very nice, but let me let you know, our church is already full of big givers and generous people. Thank you. You want to join? Hey, man, just be another one. Um, but over and over, I have heard people try to use their giving as a tool of manipulation control with an arterial, uh, arterial motive. I'm sorry, my accent is coming in. Get back. Uh, with an arterial motive, all right? And, um, and, and, and there's always a hidden agenda. The Bible says that God blesses the cheerful giver because the cheerful giver has already given what? According to the posture of the heart. Are you following that? So I know who I am, and I, most importantly, I know whose I am. So I know that God is my provision. Listen, I know that God is my provision. Good. You guys are excited about that. There's a word, there's a, there's a, 
there's a story about Abraham, and, and, and I want to, before I transition, Abraham got word that his nephew Lot and his wife and the children and all of their possession had be plund- they had been plundered. They had been uh, held uh, captive and hostage, and they had been taken by force by a rival king. Also, in this military siege, um, a, a, a few of Abraham's friends that were allies, they were also kings. They had been taken hostage along with all of their uh, riches, all of their possession. So in Genesis chapter 14, go with me, Genesis. Uh, do we have that scripture? Okay, yes, we do have, have that scripture. And I want you to pay attention because what I want to I, I leave you with today is the character, the character of the giver, the character of the giver before I transition. When Abraham heard that his nephew Lot had been captured, he mobilized the, the, he mobilized the what? The what? The 318 trained, what kind of men were they? What kind of men were they? Trained men. Remember that, remember that. Trained men. What kind of men were they? They were trained. Did you see what was happening with the children? Trained. The Bible says to train the child in the way he should go. So train. Okay? So listen. Train men who had been born where they were born. He's worried about his household, not the rest of the world. He's worried about training those in his household. Continue. Um... Okay, then he pursued Kedolomor until he caught up with them at Dan. There he divided his men and attacked it, and he attacked during the night. Kedolomor army fled, but Abraham chased them as far as Hobah, north of Damascus. Continue. Abraham recovered all, all the goods that had been taken. And he brought back his nephew Lot and his possessions and all the women and other captives. So he went and took back what others took. Listen, let's go next. Is there something else? No, yes. Genesis chapter 14. I'm skipping. After that victory, he defeated. All right. So you have to read the whole story for yourself. I'm just I'm trying to give you a real quick synopsis here. But out of Genesis chapter 14, 20, then there's a king, a king of Salem, and he is going to pray. He's praying over Abraham this prayer. He's a king, but he's also a priest. And this priest is praying over Abraham. And this is what he said. And blessed be God most high, who has defeated your enemies for you? Are you understanding who won? Are you getting who won? All right. Then Abraham gave Melchizedek a tenth. What did he give? That's a, that's a tithe. He gave a tenth of all the goods he had recovered. But this is the character. This is it. Here we go. Next. We're going to skip 14, 21 to 23. Then the king of Sodom, who was also, he had been taken as well. He was one of those kings. He said to Abraham, Abraham, just give back my people who were captured. But you may keep for yourself all the goods that you've recovered. Is that awesome? Isn't that awesome? Just keep it. Just give me the people. You take everything, the gold, the cattle, the animals, everything. Take it. This is what Abraham responds, and this is the character. Here we go. Abraham replied to the king of Sodom, I solemnly swear to the Lord, God most high, creator of heaven and earth, that I will not take so much as a single thread or a flip-flop or a chancla, all right? A sandal thong from what belongs to you. Otherwise, you might say, I'm the one who made Abraham rich. Are you getting that? It's character. It's character. I know that I serve a father of wealth. I know that I inherit those same blessings that belong to Abraham all of that belongs to me as a child. I'm going to ask Rebecca Papo to come up. So no one. Oh, 
Are you clapping for them or for what was, I don't know. I, where do you, oh, okay. I just want to make sure. I'm going to make sure. I'll get jealous up here. I'm that kind of pastor. I'm just messing with you. No, but no, listen. No one knows. No one knows who that king was or that priest was. The point is that Abraham is giving a tenth, a tithe, even before God had established it as a law under Moses and the law. This is something that he was practicing. This is something not only was he practicing, but then we find that Isaac is also sharing this. Jacob is sharing this and on and on. They knew that this was something that worked for dad. It worked for grandpa and it was going to work for me. This is, this is why when Abraham went to defeat an army, he didn't just take anyone. He took 318 people that were trained in his household. You get that? Okay. But. Oh. Abraham was wealthy because he trusted God. That's it. Listen, he trusted God in everything he did with everything he had. Proportionate prosperity is God's will for all of his children. All of his children. God doesn't want some of us to prosper. He wants all of us. All of us. And I don't mean all of us. I'm talking about he wants all of us, all of the man to prosper. He just doesn't want one part of us to prosper. He wants all of me to prosper. That means my marriage. That means my finances. That means my interests. That means my relationships. That means my siblings. And on and on. The full in proportion. We have to understand that there are forces, there are enemies in the spirit realm that work against us, God's children, and want nothing more than to see us defeated. So listen to what Jesus said, and these are the words that came from Jesus, Emmanuel. This is, Emmanuel means God with us, God on earth, okay? These are his words. John chapter 10, verse 10, he said that the thief comes only to steal to kill and to destroy. But then Jesus said, I came that they may have life. What kind of life? What kind of life? Abundant. See, part of what happens is that we, we have abundance in only one part of our life, but we don't have abundance in every part of our life. And last week I started a conversation with uh, Rebecca and, and um, Jose and, um, and, and, and it, it, and I, I was, kind of highlighting that Rebecca went on to pursue a degree in finances. And it's been such a blessing, not just to her family, to my family, to many other families. Uh, now a, a master's degree in finances and um, has really uh, shared a lot of insight, important insight into many, many, many areas. Personally, um, um, uh, for myself, for my wife. And, and so, so I had her come because I liked the fact that she had shared a story uh, about what you both had to endure because there was a season where you were the only one that was working uh, because of a, an ailment or the result or the circumstances, consequences of MS. Um, he was unable to work, but he went to, on to pursue a degree in engineering and at the same time was at home um, taking care of the kids, raising the family, while you went out and you worked, and, and that was an agreement and arrangement you guys had. But for those eight years, you had incurred a $20,000 medical bill, and you had, you know, and that debt along with um, uh, the mortgage and along with the reality of, of, of life, um, it, was, it was, you were looking for help. But it was certain things that you put in place to help yourself and, and Jose satisfy that loan you guys paid that off in 15 months or 13 or 12 like 12, 13 months yeah so you paid off 20 plus thousand dollars while still making payments on your mortgage and the one thing she shared last week that really blessed my socks off was she never once faltered in saying i can't give i can't give my 10 percent that good one person that's good all right that was so, great that's good that's, awesome. that's exciting so, so, so I want to continue this conversation because as you heard with Abraham and you heard his character, no, I need that. My notes are there. It's, it's on the way. It's kind of, it's cumbersome. I got you. All right. 
Can I get my maskers? Maskers. My mask. People watch. All right, here we go. But but I wanted to continue this conversation because yet uh, last week it was so rich in the things that we covered. Did, do you guys? Who was here last week? Okay. Right. And um and and if if you were blessed, make some noise. So so last week, a lot of the focus was and what you guys did as individuals, mm-hmm. as individuals. And, and so I wanted to kind of focus this week on, on what you guys do as a marriage in your, in your arrangement, in your faith, in your belief, because of what Abraham did had nothing to do with the tabernacle. Let me explain. That's very important. Had nothing to do with the tabernacle. It, it was not even in, in, in Abraham's existence. Had nothing to do with the temple. It was not in existence. Had nothing to do with the modern day church. It was not in his, in, in his existence. Uh, this is something that he had. It was a, a covenant that he had between himself and God. And then he shared it with his children and his children, children, and on and on and on. You got it? All right. So this is a principle. And as I said in the beginning, as I said in the beginning, it will have no way, no weight on the quality of on the quality of your eternity, but it will have some weight on the quality of your existence here. And this is why we wanted to share this. So today, you want to share a little more about um, about your finance, your your financial um, disciplines in your marriage, yeah. all right? So that you can continue to be a generous giver because you want to continue to give generously. Yeah, I, I believe um, it's important to mention that being generous and what we give to the church, what we um, plan or what we give to our parents, our friends, our family or strangers had to be a communication and also an agreement uh, between us. And something that we are blessed is that we are the same. We have the same heart. But not because we are different humans, not because we learned that from our family. So as becoming in our marriage, we, within us, when we were dating, we never, asked, we dated for three months, so that's not enough to ask <laughs> a lot of questions. Stop, but... <laughs> yeah, three months, three months, and then got married. So we asked the questions after, but we, <laughs> when we had a conversation about giving to the church, our topic was not about uh, we give or not give. Our topic was about how much we can give or how much after the 10% was our conversation. We didn't want to put a cap on how much we gave. Yes. But that is now because we are uh, different now because we learned that from mom and dad from church. It was instilled in us early. Exactly. So, but giving to the church, giving to God or giving you 10% that is God's, it's not yours. It's a communication that I believe in marriage. We had to do. We, we had to do that together, together as an agreement. All right, stop there because she said that it belongs to God. We learned two things last week, and you could go in. It's in the archive. You could go listen and watch again. But you said two things about your tithe, your ten percent. Number one, it's holy. It, that ten percent is holy. Your 90% do whatever you'd like. Well, of course, within reason. But that 10%, the Bible says it's holy unto God. It's not but, even yours. And number two, if you read out of Malachi, he says, he says, it's mine. You rob me when you don't do that. You rob me. So God is saying, I have ownership of that 10% and it's holy. So those two yeah. things, keep always keep that in mind. It's holy and it doesn't belong to me. And I have heard a lot of couples and, and the songs that we sing about God is the center of it all. And you trust God with your eternity because you say, God, I want to go to heaven one day. And you trust God with your eternity. You trust God with your kids yep. and you pray for your kids. God, this here is my kids. But sometimes we don't trust God with our finances. And that is something common in, in us as sure. Christians. And it's easy for you singing songs about Jesus is the center of it all, and you give you kiss to God, That's her but it's, song. it's difficult. Yeah. It's difficult sometimes to trust God with our finances. And that's, it's important that you said that because again, we 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 live with saying that everything is ours, 
and it's not. That 10% doesn't even belong to us. We shouldn't even see that 10% when we get it. It should go directly to God. And and that was instilled in me as a young age because I remember working at my little cutting grass and and uh, working at Thank my you. working um, working with my dad painting and he would say, dude, you need to divide that 10%. You need to get that 10% and give it to the church because allow allow God to to do what He needs to do with it. I think sometimes we're with these stigmatisms that you know we're giving it to the pastor no we're not giving it to the pastor we're giving it to god that's what belongs to him. that's what the book of malachi says he says look this belongs to me this is mine so when you're not giving guess what's happening you're robbing god and you're robbing yourself from being blessed and that's another point because sometimes and i have been in church for a long time and and i have heard that from family members and people that say hey i don't like how they are treating the finances at church so i'm not going to give yeah. or i don't like that the pastor have a better car than me and i don't want to give because on, they they imagine things <laughs> and they they say things and but you, when you and that is the heart, the heart that, you, that we are reading here. When you give to God, but not thinking what they're going to do with your money, is something wrong there. Because we, we, know, we, we know. give without thinking like what's going to happen after. We already are entrusting that God is in control of it. Exactly, because our is our blessing is our outcome from our giving, not what they're going to do with the money. And right. So, so. The place where I take my gift to God is in the church, but the one that I'm giving to is not to the church; it's to God. You get it? So the place and the per the place and the person are two different two things. Different. So I, listen, if it's not Scarlet, no, well, take it to another church. Take it to listen. Take it somewhere. That's the point. Is take it any take it anywhere, but it's not yours. It's wholly onto God. And know that when you are giving a tenth, it's 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 onto God whom you're giving to. And then if you guys don't believe us, just go back to the book of Malachi and read that part where it says, hey, that part belongs to me. Yeah. That and, part and belongs Malachi to me. Malachi says something important. Malachi at 310 says, and trust me, and trust test me, test me, test me. That's test the me. biggest point, is testing. Yeah. I think we live a life of give me, give me, give me, or I need this, I need this, I need this. But I think there's a moment of our life where we have to say, God, you know what? I'm, I'm going to test you. Yeah. I'm going to believe what I'm hearing every Sunday. I think sometimes we just come every Sunday and we just don't believe enough. We are afraid sometimes too. to start testing. And we're just like, God, I need you. And right now I'm just going to trust myself that you're going to take control of this. And like that song, like Jesus, take the wheel. I need you to take this wheel from me. And, 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 and remember what we shared last week when we were paying death, uh, what's a struggle. And we know that it's a struggle, it but when you test God and you say, God, I trust you, God. I know that you are bigger. If I trust you that you, I, you brought the, the man for my life to marry, I will trust you with my finances and I know that you're going to continue blessing me. Yeah. And and when we were struggling with paying our debt, we said, we're not going to take that and pay in debt because that is holy. That is from God and God is going to help us through all this because God is going to move the pieces and, and we share about how blessed and how favored we are, we are with our job, with our employee, with our employers and how, how in my life, how God has leaded my path until today. So sometimes it's, kind of scary uh -huh. and sometimes it's kind of you can feel afraid that oh my god if i give a 10 percent what am my kids are going to eat tomorrow oh, the pastor is going to eat that and i'm not going to eat <laughs> and you can start thinking and things in your mind but god is god is amazing god is bigger than what you think and sometimes it has not been our income that is having sustained us oh. but having blessing that coming from other places oh. okay so so one of the things i wanted to establish last week I wanted to share that I just I just didn't want to I just didn't want to give you a bunch of scriptures and say do it because it's right there and this says it. No, I didn't want to do that. I, I wanted to share with you. Hey, these are the things that have worked for me for me as an individual, and I want to share these things with with you all so that just like John the apostle talked to Gaius, his his, his one of his followers, he said, I want you to prosper. And all things, just like your soul prospers. And I don't just want your soul to prosper. I want all of you to prosper. So because I want all of you as an individual to prosper, I want to share this principle. Regardless. Yes, Eden. Yes, That's amen. Right. Yes. So regardless of whether you want to or not, 
It's on you. It's going to have an impact on your quality of life, not mine, your quality of life. So, so this is, I just, I just wanted to give you this information because I don't want to rob you from this. Listen to this. When Jose got married, how old are you? How old were you when you got married? 20. 20 years old. 20. Why you make that face? And one of our friends this weekend saw their picture like, what? What happened to this guy? All right, so listen to this. But but they got ma they got married. They had an apartment for maybe how long did you have an apartment for? We had an apartment for a year because he but got sick again. Right. Yeah. But but then you immediately purchased a house. Yes. Mm -hmm. You guys purchased a house. Yes. Now, how much money did you guys receive from myself, family members to purchase that house? Mm, zero. 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 I ain't giving you my money. That's my money. You want to get married? You want to get a house? You want to be a big boy? Go ahead, man up. Do your thing. Do your thing. However, however. You keep hammering, yo. <laughs> Do your thing. However, he was trained yeah. in the household. I was, what? I was one of the 318. He was one of the three. Well, I don't have 300. No, you don't. You only have. I'm just saying from the verse. But he was, but it was one of those guys. Yes. Trained in the household of how he would conquer and how he would have victory in life. And you know what? Then he went out. They bought a house. They were blessed. Still being blessed. I'm going to stop there. Adrian, how were you, were you when you got married? 21. How old were you when you bought your house? 21. How much money did I give you so that you could buy that house? $21,000. What? <laughs> In his dreams. <laughs> How much? Why? Because I said you want to be a big boy. You want to play with. Yes. You want to be in the major leagues, yeah? You want to be a man, yeah? You're gonna step up. You're gonna do your thing. And this is. But listen, again, he was one of the ones trained in the household so that he would know how to have victory. Yeah. His wealth doesn't come by what I gave him. His wealth and their wealth comes. From the training that they received. Yeah. David! David! How old were you when you got married? 22. How old were you when you bought your first house, David? 23. How much money did Alexis the receive from dad because she's the sport? Huh? <laughs> Zero. Nada. Nothing. Why? Same thing. You want to be a big girl? You want to play in the big league? This is what you got to do. But guess what? She was also one of the ones trained yeah. in the household. And wherever they go, generationally, they will prosper yeah. because of that training. Yeah. And I would like to, to touch uh, uh, um, and, and family and kids, too. Uh, when we were paying our debt, and also when we were they were growing up, my kids, they spent... Uh, almost eight years with Pablo at home, and we didn't have extra money. And when we were paying them, we were in a budget, we were dining with, like, with our money. So I remember uh, we never did nothing with our kids, like nothing, like extra activities. Uh -huh. uh, we never did the karate, karate or extra stuff. Karate, yeah. Extra stuff. <laughs> or the uh, because we were in a budget. But I remember my kids, playing and enjoying life. I remember when 2020 happened and I saw videos on Facebook and Instagram. People say, oh my God, we are stuck at home. Now we're doing this. And we, thought, we always did that. We, we always, always watch movies. We always did marshmallows because that was our, our lifestyle because mm -hmm. we never, we wanted them to enjoy home and not, not, we didn't want them to feel that they're missing something only because we're in a budget. But also now that we pay our debt, now we have a 10% dedicated for them, for the enjoyment, for us, for activities, for swimming classes, for extra activities. Now they don't want to do that because they enjoy being at home. And I had to like dress them like 30 minutes before, like you, we gotta go there. No, mom, I want to play with that. I want to stay with that. But they enjoy being at home. And I hear a lot of parents saying that, uh, they had to do things with the kids because the kids had the kid need that. Need no, if you train your kids that hey, you you going to, we're going to live in our means and we're going to do this because mommy and daddy are doing this. They are able to sacrifice and sometimes we get in debt because as a parents because Trying we follow whatever the kids want to do. Oh, the kids want to eat out. No, 
It's not you. Maybe you train them to do that. So what you say about you didn't give us money, but I, we had all the tools that we were equipped. And when I, I got married. My dad said something to me that stuck to me a long time ago. He said, when you grow up and have kids. That's said my it, voice. That's like my that voice. voice. He said, when you grow up and have kids, what you need to do with your kids is make sure that the house is a location that has everything that they need so they don't have to look outwards for entertainment. At home, they can have everything. And right now, our home is that way. It's built that way. They, they find God in our home. They find love in our home. They find entertainment in our home. They have the best friend at home. They have the best friends at home. We have open conversations. Like people are like, they're they're. It's funny because they're tapping me today. Like, oh, these kids are like with their hands in the air and they're like praising. We do that on Saturday night. We do that Saturday night because we wanna we wanna instill that in their hearts, in their lives, in their walk with Christ. That this is what we do. This is who we are. Yeah, a lot of our kids know Mozart. Yeah, but they don't know anything about the Bible. Or Fortnite. Or or, or Fortnite. <laughs> And they just, and, and, and on and on. And, and not and saying that my kids don't know anything about Fortnite. They yeah, love Fortnite. No, yeah, yeah. They but, love video but, games. But what he is sharing is that I tried to create a, an environment in my home where everything, everything in, they were fulfilled in my home. They didn't need anything extra to be fulfilled. I think my first sleepover was at 15. Did you hear that? First sleepover, 15. It's kind of weird, though, 15, going to a friend's <laughs> house. But that was the first one. <laughs> yeah. But now listen, listen, everything in my home, every, every, we created an environment in our home where it was just fulfilling. Yeah. So, so, so all of those areas. Why? Because I understood that, that I can't guard them if they're outside of my home. And, and, and so I wanted to make sure that they saw the practices of my giving, the practices of my generosity. Um, the, you know, listen, the home I have to church sit and buy, it's my home. I bought that. It's my house. It's my house. The car I had, we've had a car for, you know, a car for over 20, 20 years. And we just had to get rid of it because my mechanic, George, who's not here, he's probably watching online, told me, he said, bro, I can't keep fixing this. <laughs> All right. I just, I just, man, I, come on, man. This is an insult, man. You, he was putting just, tape. Like, he was begging me to get another With car. the windows had to put tape. <laughs> the windows. One time, I kid you not, a year ago, Becky and I were on our way to work. And we were laughing so hard because it was raining outside and she was holding up the window on one side. And I said, hey, baby, we're going to laugh at this someday, you know. But in the meantime, hey, man, this is what we got. And I'm going to be content with this. Yeah. And you have to I'm, be content. I'm, I'm content with it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm okay. And there are some people that are driving the cars that you can't afford. You're living in a house that you can't afford or you shouldn't. Right? And your kids go to schools where they, they can't afford. Be going, you can't you go afford to it. extra activity that you cannot a lot afford. Of things you just can't afford. But you're telling yourself. I deserve it or my kids deserve this or they need this because I didn't have it. And you keep digging yourself in a hole at so deep and you can't get yourself out when your children, the only thing they want, Tony Dungy, if you got uh, Tony Dungy, what, what coach? I mean, he coaches for what? What? Uh, okay. Okay. Good. Well, well, I don't know. But he said this. He said uh, with his children, he said that um, that that he'd, he'd take them on birthdays and, and Christmas gifts. And what he would do is he would give them elaborate experiences, like taking them, you know, behind the scenes, at the, uh, like NFL, uh, the Super Bowl and things like that. And one day, anyway, they were talking about it and he's asking us, what was one of your favorite memories? You know, when Tony is just, you know, just waiting to hear, you know, something uh, elaborate that, the, that he had exposed his children to. And the kids said, Pop, you know what I enjoyed? I enjoyed playing uh, tape tape uh, baseball in the backyard with you. Sure. It's just that, that stuff. I went to this guy's house one time and I saw my grandkids playing in the living room with a box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just an empty, not an Xbox, a box. It was an Amazon box. <laughs> it was an Amazon box. And they were having the greatest time with this box. And Nebo said, I'm just using my imagination. And I said, you're what? My imagination. And, and I was like going, yo, that's what's up, you know, because my kids use their imagination and their creativity and the gift that God had given them, you know, to create. And it's just a wonderful thing um, to be able to live a life where you master money. Money doesn't master you. Yeah. All right. Can you say that again? I like that. It, it's, it's right. So we wanted to make sure that we lived a life where we would master money yeah. and that money would not master us. Yeah. Okay? And so the life of a Christian is a life of generosity. 
Now, in tithing, in, in tithing and, and, and don't lose your place, in tithing, I want you to know that tithing is just the, the, uh, a starting place. You, you know, um, there are people that go, hey, I, I give my tithe. Well, I, I want to encourage you to live generously. Give beyond the tithe. Uh, I mean, you know, a tithe is just a starting point. 10% of $100 is what? $10? $10. So, I mean, so it's, 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 not, it's not hard. And, you know, think about it. I went to dinner with a buddy of mine the other day. He invited me to go out to dinner. You know what I asked him? I said, how much does this, 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 this cost, this dinner cost? He was like, no, I'm going to pay for this. It, the dinner for four people, $280. And sometimes we feel bad giving $280 to the oh, church. Well, hey, hey, we can't, that can't happen. But <laughs> you pay a meal, $280. One meal, and I remember talking to him about it. I'm going to say, you know what that 10% would be of that? Not of the 280, but if that were if that were a tithe, that's what 2,800. So I mean, you think about it. And some of us, we we can spend uh, uh, um, high amounts of money. Domino's Pizza takes a tithe. Um, Blockbusters take Blockbusters. Remember, I told you that story. You know, I said Blockbuster because I told you guys. It's done. It's done. It's done. Thank, thank, thank you, thank you, Netflix. But, but, but sometimes, you know, all of these things, they take our money. They take our money. Pastor, I can't be generous or I can't do this or we can't live this way and we're suffering and we're going through this. Hmm, sit down, have an assessment done of the way you spend your money and where your money is going. Now, a tithe is simply a reminder of a covenant. Yep. Yeah. So every day when I wake up in the morning, I have this, oh, oh my fingers are swollen. I have this ring. This ring is a constant reminder of a covenant that I have. That's what it is. It's not to tell other women to stay back away from this, all of this beauty. It's not what that is. It's not what that is. And, 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 <laughs> and goodbye. Goodbye. Listen, but this is a constant reminder of a covenant of vows and promises that I made to my wife 32 years ago. That's what that's for. It's, it's not for the world to see. It's not for the women to see. It, it's no, it's, it's not. Again, this is for me. It's a constant reminder. I made a covenant before God that I would love Becky to the end. Right. This is that covenant. So the covenant goes before the covenant leads my life. And it's what the tithing does. It is a covenant of how I live my life. So so my tithe, I don't give it on a Sunday. Let me show you that. A tithe, I don't give it on a Sunday when I come to church. The tithe, I've already given it in my heart from the moment I got paid. Yeah. That's when your giving starts. Your giving starts from the moment that there is um, a, a, a provision given into your hand. Yeah. God goes, go ahead. It's in your hand. What are you going to do? What, what are you gonna, it's Friday. What are you going to do from here? Anything else? I got. We got 10 minutes. Yeah, so I, I want to also um, talk about generosity. That we were talking uh, last week. Um, our 10%, like we say, is holy and, and it's already a commitment that we have as, as a couple and we go on an extra mile, we add something else to that. But also when, we, when it comes up to generosity and we're going to bless somebody, we're going to uh, bless our families, it's, it's a training that we're doing with our kids that, hey, hey, it's not about you. We want our kids to grow and, and be trained when they are 20 and they marry and, and they grow up. So we are training them. But also, um, try to have conversation with your wife or with your spouse or with your husband. And when you give, that can be a, a commitment and be a, 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 an agreement. Um, because I've, I find more, more blessing when you talk to your husband and we say, hey, you know, let's bless my mom and let's give and instead of me hiding behind his back and doing things and, and because I want to do it, but maybe he will say no. But I, I believe generosity and blessing as a couple is, is, is better than doing things behind their back. So I yeah. believe um, it's something that you need to grow with your spouse and try to uh, have those conversations with them, not only about tithing, but also uh, being gen generous. Yeah, you know, you know, in that, in, in, in generous living, in, and, and again, listen to, listen to what I'm saying for you that all attend this church. If you have suspicion, doubt, and listen, then give your money somewhere else, but just give. 
okay? You keep coming and you give somewhere else. But, but is, if, if that's what's in your heart. But, but I, I just wanted to be so sincere to share with you. And I promise you, I don't think I'm going to talk about this in another, you know, few more years. Uh, Lonnie is over there, I saw on, on, on that side. And we've been talking about talking about this subject for, this church is now going on five years. Yeah. On five years, and I think this is the first time, Lonnie, correct? That we've, we've done this, that we've talked about this. And, you know, but it's, I don't want to rob you. If you've never heard about the topic, I don't want to rob you from this principle. Regardless of whether you want to do it or not, it's on you. I'm telling you, it works. And this is why I want to, I started my statement with, it has, it has no bearing on your eternity. Okay? It, it doesn't. If you want to, you don't want to be generous because you just want, that's how you want, you want to be tight with your mind. I got it. That's on you. Um, you go to heaven, but I want you to know that there are rewards that start here that go into our, our, our eternity. So, so this is why we wanted to share this, because I saw how it blessed my father, it blessed my mother, and they taught us to live this way. My sister's right there. She could tell you. That was, man, you didn't mess around with the te- that 10%. If they taught us that early. She worked forever at uh, McDonald's. And um, from even that time, the first thing, man, it was, you got to learn. You got to take that 10%, set that thing aside. Becky, when Becky and I first got married, Becky wasn't a Christian. And so when she saw me giving money to the church and how much I was given, she didn't, she had a little friction because, well, what do you mean you're giving that to the church? I'm like, this is, this is what I, this is what I do. And this is what I was taught. I'm like, going, nah, I mean, how are we going to pay our rent? How are we going to get the, you know, the stuff? And I'm like, going, God, God provides. And this is how this thing works. And, you know, and, and I remember having, cause we were young. I got, ma- I got married at, get it, but I got married very young. Um, and, 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 and I remember telling Becky, I said, listen, I, I will tell you this. Why don't you try this for 90 days for three months? Just try it for three months. Say that every time you get paid, I'm going to take 10% and I'm going to put it in an envelope and I'm just going to give it, um, in the church. And if in three months you can't see God's hand in three months, if you can't see it, I don't ever want you to have to ever give another dollar. And that's what, I, that's what we did. And for three months, she did. We've been married 32 years. She hasn't stopped giving. You got me? You got me? Right. So I don't, I don't want to rob you from this opportunity. The other, the, the, the other thing is, is that in generous living, you're teaching generational. And let me, te- let me give you this because, you know, we're, we're going to wrap up in six minutes. I got six minutes. Um, Rebecca and Jose have been... Now that they are blessed, you guys have been married how long now? 11 years. 11 years. So so listen, they went through their dips, their valleys, their peaks and all. Can I tell you, now as a father, on this side, I get to benefit from, I get to reap from the, the, the harvest of their blessings. These guys have blessed me. They've blessed mom, uh, Becky. They, 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 they're, they're just constantly looking for ways to be a blessing to us now that we're on this side and they're on the other side of adulthood and that feels good listen as a parent it feels good when you're teaching your children to be generous there are many forgotten parents on the other side of adulthood and it's because you never taught your children to be generous so when their children go into adulthood they forget about you and then mom and dad are struggling. Mom and dad are having hardship. Mom and dad, because they've given their life to you and your children got the BMWs, your children got the nice cars, the nice houses, and all of the money's going elsewhere, the nice vacations, and pops and moms are in the back suffering somewhere. Man, shame. Yeah. So we got to teach our kids these principles because it comes back and you get to kick back and enjoy the fruit of your labor. So I, I get to enjoy that when my kids call me and they go, hey, Pop, dinner's on me. Where you want to go? I'm like going, man, give me something five stars. Give me something. Yeah, I want the most expensive. And, and, man, I don't hold, I don't hold back. I want to eat, you know, that meal and that credit card I turned away from that one guy? Yeah, you're going to give me that. So, <laughs> but, but listen, I've been blessed. I've been blessed as a dad to go to, to, go to Disney because my kid took me. You know what I'm saying? Come on. I, 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 was, I was blessed. And, and, and mom and I were just, just looking back and I'm like going, man, that's generosity, man. 
as, as all God's blessings. And, and so it's, it's such a blessing when, when I can, you know, spend time with my kids and I see my kids blessing me back. And then I tell my kids, I tell you constantly, how is your mom? Are you taking care of your mama? Where yeah. she is in Mexico. Don't forget your mama over there. And, and I love what you do. This lady packs bags and boxes of clothes and gifts to take to her nephews and her nieces. She's not just generous. She's generous with her family. Gener I mean, it's just such a blessing. And, you know, and it breaks my heart when I see the sons and the daughters wearing the expensive jewelry, the expensive sneakers. And, you know, but they can't come. They can't sit down and have a, a, a dinner with dad or a dinner with mom and say, I just remember how much you did for me and how much you gave me. I just want to give something back, pop, mom. You know what I'm saying? So, so you got to teach this generosity. This is a way of life. This isn't this world system. It's the kingdom's system. Are you getting me? That's that's very important. Um, it's kingdom. Everything is kingdom. I always, because I work at the school, I always hear parents saying, wow, this generation, something is up with this generation. Not my generation, not my child, not 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 when they're in the presence of their father or their mother. We're teaching God. We're teaching kingdom at home. We're, we're teaching them how to live in the midst of the darkness. So, again, I went to William Penn. I did Colonial School District. I was in River, with kids with Riverside and South Bridge, but I was the light amongst everybody. That's what we are. That's what we are. That's what we are. So, so when we train up our kids that way and we train up our, our kids to be generous that way, they, they grow up totally different. They grow up with a whole nother perspective of life. But different heart. But different heart. Different heart. Yeah. And that's that's what I'm like. I heard you saying kingdom, kingdom. Is, we're teaching them kingdom. That's what you, we're supposed to do. And being being and living with the kingdom format is being generous. Yeah. That's, that's what it that's is. Kingdom, that's kingdom. That's kingdom. Yeah. And remember that 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 in order, I used that analogy last week, that in order, in order to receive, you have to have an open hand. Both giving and receiving require an open hand get that it requires an open hand and and as i said and i can't stress this enough if it's hard to give here give somewhere else give to an organization what whatever is your whatever your conviction is i i just i just i don't want to rob you from this opportunity to get this information so that you can continue to grow um and grow in proportion yeah and, okay? and so as a church we want to be that help to to yeah. uh, give it, give you tools to get out of death to give you tools so you can um, because sometimes it's hard because we are not disciplined so you have questions you need help we can sit down with you we can help you to get around your feet because uh, we share that week sometimes it's not about the income that is coming to your house it's about the discipline that you have where you put your money where you spend the money we told you last week when we saw our bank account line by line we saw that 30 percent was going to nowhere nothing that nothing was benefiting our, our family so we can sit down with you we can give you tools because i believe that when you um are healthy financially you are able to to be more free to give and when the bible talks about being free it's not about being free to scream and do it like that it's about being free and sometimes we're not uh, sleeping at night sometimes we're fighting as a couple because of the debt that we have so i think it's important for us as a christian to be healthy uh, financially listen for husbands and wives you know you know uh it when 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 you have financial freedom your love is different yeah now you can cuddle <laughs> your 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 tolerance your threshold for tolerance and, yeah oh, it's it's different it really is so now you add debt to the you know Marriage. yeah you, you you add it into the the mix here and I'm telling you, I'm the happiest times, and I can tell you as a pastor, the happiest times that I see many, many families, it's during tax season. Yep. And not in church because they're spending yeah, the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but no, but seriously, during tax season, that's the happiest time, yeah. you know. Uh, you know, during this time with the stimulus checks, people are just so happy with the with the stimulus and uh, the child credit and, and all. No, listen, and all, all jokes aside, all jokes yeah. aside because... You see that as your hope. Yeah. And your hope should not be in a stimulus. Your hope should not be in a tax return. Man, we serve God Almighty. Who's Amen. Oh. So I'm, we're going to end this chat here. I, I want you to listen. 
in the fall, in the fall, we'd like to launch maybe two, three different small groups um, around finances. Dave Ramsey has a great course called Financial Peace University, and we'd like to to bring that here and share that and have maybe two, three different home groups for those that would like some more information. But even before that, uh, Rebecca has offered herself, hey, listen, as as a, a financial professional, I, I will sit down with you and help you assess what things are looking like. Last week, you had, what, three, four people um, come to her to make, you know, set some time up to say, hey, I want you to check out my finances and check out what I'm, wh- where I could be better. And listen, and a financial advisor sat down with me. Years Thank ago. you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnote.org. See you next time.